Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 15, Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. Enjoy. Walls fall in Jesus' name. We must fast, we must love and obey. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the Lord, Jesus is Lord. He is the King. Come on and dance like you've been free. Come on and dance like you've been Praise the Lord Jesus Christ because he is good. He is alive right now. The joy of the Lord is our strength to continue on being the disciples of Jesus Christ. The Lord is with us. He loves us with an everlasting love. You know, I really love the Lord Jesus Christ today. And right now, I just want to pray for you, listener. I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' most precious name, Lord God, thank you. Oh, thank you, Father, for another day. Lord Jesus, thank you for another opportunity, another moment just to be able to connect with you, Lord God. Father, thank you, Lord God, for the freedom to be able to reach out, Lord, to look up to you, Father God from whence our help comes from. No matter what problems are coming at us, no matter what persecutions we endure, no matter, Father God, who thinks what, no matter, Father God, what we feel about ourselves, none of it matters, Lord God, in the moment where we get to just connect with you, our Father who art in heaven, and say, oh, Lord God, blessed be your magnificent name. You are good, Lord, and your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And I pray that you be merciful right now. Oh, God, be merciful to me, Lord. Be merciful to the listener. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll loose from heaven the spirit of wisdom, Lord God. Grace and peace, Lord God. Let it be multiplied, Father God. For you, Lord God, you know this road that we're walking, Father God, because you've gone before us. You know all of the trials that we go through in our minds, in our hearts, Lord God, with our self-image, Lord Jesus Christ, with our relationships, with our finances, Lord God. You know all of these woes, Father God, but it doesn't shake you, Father, and it won't shake us if we keep our eyes focused on you no matter what, knowing that all things that happen to us happen to us because they are a part of your will and your great plan for us, Father. And there isn't a single thing that can possibly happen that isn't happening on your watch. 
You never take your eyes off of us, Lord. You are always looking at us. You are always focused on the things that concern us, Lord. You know all the worries and cares that we have, and you're such a loving Father that you let us bring those cares to you, Lord. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will deliver, Father God, us from our worries and our fears by giving us an increase of faith so that we can have faith in your mighty hand. We already know that you don't fail. We already know that you will never die and that you've given us eternal life, mighty God. You've given us eternal life. And so because of that, we ought to rejoice, oh God. I pray that you give us a revelation of all that we've been saved from. The stuff that we know about and the stuff that we don't know about. Because only you have that sight. Only you can can look around and see everything, Father God. You are the only God that there is and there is no God like you. And I lift up your name right now, Father, in the hopes that you will draw us closer and closer and deeper and deeper with you, Father, because there's a depth to go with you, Lord Jesus. There is a depth that we are able to go with you. We are able to follow you, Father God, into the secret place of the Most High. We can hide ourselves in you, Lord God. Hide us, O God. Hide us, Father God, in the shadow of your mighty wings, Father. Hide us from our woes. Hide us from our troubles. Hide us from our sorrows, our pain, our grief, Lord Jesus. Hide us, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit under the covering of your precious blood that you shed for us so that we could have a relationship with you, Father. Lord, nothing else matters but that. And let us know that nothing else matters but that we are pleasing to you. That we have your faith in our hearts. That your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father God. Letting us know that we are yours. We belong to you and to you alone, Father. And we are so grateful. I am so grateful right now, Father. Because I know that you have my life completely, Lord. And that you will take me every single place that you want me to go. And any place that you don't want me to go, I won't go. And any voice that that I hear that isn't yours, I won't listen to. Because you make me to hear your voice, Lord. You give that increase. And so I pray that you give an increase right now to everybody who hears this podcast, Lord. In the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask God that you will allow every single listener to be increased right now, Lord, in you by faith. We receive all things from you by faith, O God. And I know that you are able to do all things for you are God and you are God alone. And so, Father, I pray that you'll do this. I pray that you'll bind up every distraction, every doubt, every demon in hell, every principality and power, that you will bind them, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you'll loose from heaven angels, Lord God, to come, Father, and to minister to your people. Oh, God, and minister to me as well, Lord Jesus. That I don't get carried away with one thing or the next thing, Father, but that I'm able to follow your voice on the straight and narrow path. That it's not me that speaks, but as always, the spirit of you, Lord, holy Jesus, that you would speak right through me, Lord God. So that whoever is listening can get encouraged by this, oh, Lord Jesus that the podcast will go exactly where you want it to go, Lord Jesus, and it won't go anywhere that you don't want it to go because this is all for you, Lord Jesus. This is you and me, Lord. I was telling you, this is our meeting place, Lord Jesus. I love to meet you here, Father. This is my first. This is where we first got started, Lord, and this is where we're going to keep going. We're going to be doing this. I I know I'm going to be doing this following you, Lord, for the long haul. 
This is the long haul here, Lord. Uh, we got a short time here, every one of us, to do the work that you have for us, Father God. So I pray that you be merciful unto us, O God. Be merciful to the lost. Be merciful to the backslidden in heart. Be merciful to the fools, Father God. Be merciful, Lord Jesus, to your bride. Help us, O God, that we might know you and be close to you moment by moment. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. Amen. And so we are starting off on a little bit of a different page here. Because I just want to talk to you for a minute just about this walk that we're on. At first, I want to say, you know, I love everybody. I love everybody. I don't have any. Now, don't get me wrong. I get quite frustrated uh, dealing with the unrighteousness of people. But then I have to remind myself that, you know, I also have been unrighteous before. And I think that when you're dealing with the unrighteousness of those in leadership or pastors or preachers or someone who's a teacher or someone who knows better, that might kind of rub your spirit a little wrong. You know what I mean? A little bit more wrong just because you know better. Don't you know the goodness of God? Don't you know the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a slave to corruption and out-promising men liberty? Are you using vain words and flattery to draw people after yourself? You know, I heard that tonight about, you know, talking about uh, in Jude, actually talking about how people use flattery. And I thought to myself, well, amen, Lord, I'm not in, I'm in no danger of that. <laughs> amen. You know, because Jesus doesn't need to flatter us. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He knows exactly who we are. He knows who we are more than we know ourselves, because guess what? He made us. He made us. There's no part of your mind that you can go into that the Lord God cannot find you and pull you out. He is the great encouragement. That's who he is. He is our everlasting God. He's our hope. And that means that we can have such a great hope because we serve such a great God. That means we don't need to be told this or told that by this or that or anything. No troubled, uh, no troubling uh, us with a spirit or a letter or a word or a service or a sermon or a none of it. All, all we have to do is get with God, focus on his voice and trust and hope that he will lead us. He will guide us that all things that he has set out to do in us indeed will be done. Because he's our God. And guess what? One good thing about a God, uh, well, well what I'll say one more good thing about God is that he is not a quitter. He's not a quitter. He's not a failure. He's a mighty success. And so he is going to finish the work in us. So we've got Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Being confident of this very thing. Oh, yes. We have to have that confidence in us. And that, let me tell you something. That confidence can't be faked. That confidence cannot be in your position. It cannot be in a title. It can't be in a church. It can't be in what, uh, you know, a date that you wrote down in your journal when you first got saved. It can't be in a decision that you made to be Christian. That confidence has to come from the living God. From the flame of the Lord Jesus Christ burning inside of our hearts. It has to come from us being quickened by the Spirit of God. 
That's the confidence that we have. And we know that whatever we ask, we receive of him because we ask it in his name, according to his will. We ask it in the way that he wants us to go, which is in Jesus. And there's no other way. There's a highway of holiness and, and it's called Jesus Christ. There's a way in which seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death and unrighteousness. And God will have no part. Do not be deceived. No person living in unrighteousness has got the living God working in them. We have to confess and forsake and hope for the grace of God. And then we have to push forward in Jesus, knowing that he is literally our hope. Why? Because he that begun a good work in us is going to perform it supernaturally, intricately, with design and detail and patience. Because he's got patience to deal with us. He doesn't just throw us away. And if we can't do something, guess what? He's going to build us up and show us how it's done. Isn't that something? He's a good God. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It is his will to present us faultless and holy in the presence of his glory at his beautiful coming, which he is coming soon. And he is going to come back to this earth and he is going to burn it and the unrepentant inhabitants up with fire. He is going to cause a great shaking, an earthquake. The earth will stagger to and fro like a drunkard. And he's going to be screaming. There's going to be fire in his eyes. There's going to be a trumpet sounding. It's going to blast out of nowhere. And the tribes of the earth will mourn and their faces will gather darkness. And they'll say, hide me, oh, hide me from the man in the clouds. But there'll be no hiding because at that time, the Holy Spirit's going to drop down and it's going to start to, it's going to show every single person right away that they're wrong. You're going to know exactly where you stand with God. See, when you die, you know exactly where you stand. You just know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And so that's why we can't hide anything from God. You can't be living in sin. And guess what? You also cannot be living in hatred for your brother. Even if you feel like your brother is an enemy because your brother does enemy things or has enemy behaviors. You know, he's ungodly. The ungodly deeds that they ungodly commit in their ungodly ways. <laughs> you can't hate your neighbor in your heart. The Bible says thou shalt not hate thy neighbor in thy heart, but thou shalt rebuke him. Let's go to that. That would be in Leviticus chapter 19, uh, verse number uh, 16. Let's start with 16, but I'm going to focus on the 17 because that's where that is. But thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. And these are conduct. This is code of conduct, uh, but magnified. So these are the works of the flesh that the Bible is condemning, but is doing so in a way that doesn't just say, don't walk in the deeds of the flesh. Uh, and, and it shows us the ultimate end game of the deeds of the flesh. But this is a way of spelling out exactly what these fleshly deeds look like. When you look at these things of what not to do, it shows you what that action is in the flesh. But it doesn't necessarily deal directly with the heart 
uh, until later when God is able to start, you know, just because you have the sin forgiven on the outside, it doesn't until the New Testament forgive the sin on the inside. And then Jesus is able to forgive that sin on the inside and the Lord works his Holy Spirit into us, which changes us from the inside out. But back in this uh, Levitical time, the law was uh, being, it was being fulfilled through the outside carnal commandments, you know, things that you could do, bringing this sacrifice when you did this or bringing this sacrifice when you did that. And some of these sins were sins unto death. And those sins unto death were sins you could commit and you weren't going to be forgiven for those sins. In fact, you would be killed uh, and, and your blood would be upon your own head depending on what you did. Uh, but right now, that's why there's so much grace and so much mercy for us, because the Lord does have a lot of grace and mercy on us. People aren't dying in the church like Ananias and Sapphira were when they tell lies or when they're rude or when they're causing division by speaking ill of people. And see, so there's a difference between speaking ill and then telling the truth of what somebody has done. You know, if somebody does something, you got to tell the truth about it. Folks, and you can't be afraid to say anything because people won't like you after that. In fact, people are going to love you more because you told the truth. If you rebuke a wise person, they're only going to love you more. So you got to tell the truth sometimes, all the time. You got you to tell the truth about people sometimes. Amen? You got to tell the truth because you got to warn the flock. And you got to be like, hey, this is an example of what not to do. Now, you go to that person first, amen. You got to go to them and tell them like, hey, you know, you are severely out of line. And then if they keep doing it or they don't do it again, then maybe you take somebody else with, or they do it again and then you take somebody else with you and they're like, hey, you know, we've also noticed this. Here are a couple witnesses here that they're saying this about you and this seems to be what you're doing. Now, that's not speaking evil. That's, 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 come on, we're addressing something here. And then if that doesn't work, then uh, you got to, I'm going to, look at this look at this mercy I'm, then we're gonna i'm gonna say let's you know let's sit down let's address this again now listen the bible says if after i've taken a brother then you don't listen then i can tell it to the church but i'm also gonna say let me tell you, let's have a i want to have a little more mercy on you so then i'm gonna come back and i'm like hey you know this is uh it's getting to be an issue but then after that it'll probably stop and then i go to the church and i tell you but in front of the whole church so um that way, you know, everybody can see and then we can all pray for you together and then we can all watch our conduct with you so that we can, you know, because the Bible actually says have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And, and if you don't walk uprightly according to the truth, the Bible says I should shun you and have no company with you. You know, don't, adm don't, don't, don't count you as my enemy, but admonish you as my brother. So let's go on to verse 17 and verse 17 is God, you know, he shines the light and calls on us, but he gives us what a good definite, a good way to actually be loving and not be hateful. So this is the way to be loving and not to be hateful. So the Bible says, thou shall, verse 17, Leviticus 19, then we'll go to that next place afterwards in, in Thessalonians, thou shalt not, you absolutely shall not do this, not even once, don't do it. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Now, what's that look like, Lord? Well, thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and shall not suffer sin upon him. So the Lord wants us to be honest with people. And you don't sit there and let somebody just go on sinning in front of you because what if they don't know? 
What if they're a baby Christian and they don't know? Or what if, you know, they're got they're walking in some damnable things and 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 you know they don't know, but then the Lord brings it to your attention and says, Hey, I need to sit them down and I really need to tell them, you know, I got us, I see you sinning, and I have to come and tell you, I have got to say something to you because if I don't, the Lord's gonna hold me accountable for it. Ooh, we're going to go there too. The Lord's going to hold me accountable for not telling you the truth about your wicked and evil ways. You know, you're in a strong delusion and I'm going to try and see if the Lord will have mercy on you and let you come out. So uh, it's a hateful thing to see somebody sinning and say, well, I'm not going to say anything because I want you to be in hell. Uh, so I'm not going to say anything. Or it would be, I'm not going to say anything because, you know, I just want to make the, I want to just keep the peace. I'm a peacekeeper. You know, blessed are the peacekeepers. Blessed are they who are peacekeepers. But really, it's a, a cursed are they who are twisting scripture like Satan. You know, because we're not supposed to do that. You know, the church of God is a powerful place. When Ananias and Sapphira came before Paul, they weren't, you know, they, they didn't, he didn't cover up their sin. You know, instead, he, he announced, this is what you do. How is it that you have decided to do this thing, this evil? Because when you do evil, you're working against what God is doing. That's working against what God is doing, is doing that, is doing evil. When you are doing evil, when you are walking in your flesh, when you are hating people in your heart, when you are bitter against them, when you are jealous of them, when you are backbiting, these are the works of the flesh. And you can't excuse them just because you're not smoking dope or just because you're not out fornicating doesn't mean that you're perfect now. You've got to walk in the spirit like everybody else and you have to have love deep in your heart for your fellow man, for your fellow believer. You better love them because the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood for them. So you had better love them. Now let's go over to uh, Thessalonians and this is chapter three. And uh, we'll look at uh, Thessalonians chapter three and it says, uh, verse 6, now we command you, we command you, <laughs> we're commanding you, believer, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he says. Now, brother, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. And not after the tradition or the teaching which he have, uh, which he received of us. So if he's not walking rightly, if they are walking in rebellion and disobedience, if they're walking in uh, lies, or if they're walking in, um, you know, idleness, or if they're definitely not, if they're, we're not even talking about the the sins of, uh, we're not, we're talking about sins of unrighteousness, sins of character defects. We're not talking about the sins unto death. Uh, but it says you need, we need to walk, we need to withdraw yourselves and why do we do that verse 7 for ye yourselves know how you ought to follow us for we uh, behaved not ourselves disorderly among you we didn't do the things that weren't of the lord neither did we eat any any man's bread for naught but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we not be we might not be chargeable to any of you now he's talking specifically on this subject here not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. So he's saying we chose to go out there and get a jobs and work with our own hands, 
you know, to be that example to you. But we could have just, you know, said we're the apostles and we're the leaders in the church and you need to do what we say. And so we're not going to go out there and work regular jobs. We're going to be supported full time in the ministry. And uh, you're not going to say anything about it because we are laboring amongst you in the Lord, which is a word which the laborer is worthy of his reward. You know what I mean? You don't withhold the reward from the person that's laboring. That's strange behavior. God, that's not of the Lord. If they're laboring, why would you do that? You know, the laborer is worthy of his hire. And um, verse 9, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. See, we're making ourselves an example for you to follow who? Us. So, you know, all this nonsense out there about, you know, don't follow men. Let me tell you something. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ, but everybody's so interested in not follow. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'll just listen to the Lord. And be, the Lord's not even talking to you because you're out of order. You know what I mean? So you're going this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. You're the leader of you. And you don't want to be the leader of you. We have got to submit to who our leaders are. And God will give you a leader. He will give you a leader. And you have got to submit to stay in alignment with God. Otherwise, you are out of order. And if you're out of order, that means that your eyesight's off. Your vision is slightly askewed. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's askewed. And, and you don't want that, my friend. You do not want that. None of us are called to be without accountability. And none of us are called to be just out there on our own. He even sent the disciples out two by two. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God. Now, uh, verse, uh, let's do that again. Let's go to verse number nine again. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any not work, neither should he eat. So he's, you know, pointing out stuff. Look how above and beyond they're going to to be an example. You see, so when you see somebody that's off, or somebody that's doing something wrong or in righteousness, or you think they've got the the wrong motives, what you're supposed to do is be an example to them. If you feel like somebody has the wrong heart, then you go get close to them. You know, go uh, in meekness, go over, oh, you know, start talking to them and start working with them. Be side by side, being an example to them to show them the right way because it could be that they need your help. But if you just instead go and you talk about him to everybody else, come on now. How dwelleth the love of Christ inside of you for thy brother? Oh, you, you hear? Listen, how, how are you demonstrating Christ? How are you following Jesus that way? Huh? Let's go to, uh, let's do verse 10 again. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any not, would not work, neither should he eat, okay? So they're showing you the right way to go because that's what you do with people. You're not supposed to just push them off on their own or you're not supposed to just not uh, show them what to do. You have to show people what to do and that takes a lot of time. All right. And you got to teach them the Bible. You got to teach them why they're doing what they're doing. Well, brother, you're not getting a job just so that you can be rich. We're making you get a job because you got to see that, 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 that if you don't work, you don't eat. How, how are we supposed to buy things or pay for stuff if you won't get a job? 
you know, so I'm going to go get a job too. You need a job? You want to come get a job with me? You know, I had a, a relative that, that he just didn't want to work for a long time. And then I tried to help him out. And I even went as far as to filling out job applications for him. And then uh, I even went to job interviews. Well, one, we went to some temp agencies together. But, you know, just halfway through, he started listening to Satan. And, you know, I guess he felt like this that type of work was be- was beneath him. I didn't. I needed a job. I was really in a, you know, I'd scrub gum off the floor if that's what I needed to do. I was going to have a job, work any job. But... um some jobs actually let me take that back because there was a job that I almost got where I was there they asked me to be to work at a pizza place which I think was going to be I would have totally done it but I said you got to let me be up at the register because I'm not about to be in that hot sweaty kitchen uh rolling dough I was like nope you know what the lord at that time was paying my bills and I didn't even really need a job I just wanted one because I didn't feel right working you know what I mean I didn't feel right not having a job but the lord had me in full-time ministry right away because he was taking care of all my bills so because I was taking care of his business so he was taking care of me see I'm called by the Lord do you understand folks and you're called by the Lord too to be obedient to him no matter what he's telling you to do and don't try to work it out on yourself your own you every plan you make to work it out on your own you better believe it is against what the Lord would have you do <laughs> the Lord will not have you just making up your own plans you got to listen to your leaders and you got to listen to uh, the Holy Spirit. And then you got to confirm what the Holy Spirit. Well, God is telling me that my pastor is not of the Lord. Well, if that's the case, then you got to point out where he's unbiblical, what they're doing, and then get him. You go and tell him what's up immediately or or you need to uh, step out of the church, you know, because if they won't hear you, then you step out of the church. But I think nowadays when somebody is in a church they're in a church and uh you know people go to these specific churches so they can hear specific things you know what i mean when you don't like the way this one thing is then it's time to exodus and go to the next place and that stunts your growth as a believer so bad that messes you up so bad because in reality they're not the problem you are you're the problem and so, uh, be, be, and the Lord is trying to fix something in you by causing you to go through this type of fire. And so you got to stick with it and don't give up. He's teaching, teaching you, if nothing else, friend, he's teaching you to not give up. Right? He doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to strive to enter in. Strive to enter in to the straight gate, to the gate where you're not in charge of what you want to do. You're not in charge. You know, we have to discipline ourselves to not think we're in charge because if we think that we're in charge, we're only going to uh, deceive ourselves and then wind up in the wrong track and give ourselves a whole bunch of pain. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that the Lord has us facing constant trouble all the time and constant stress all the time and constant we're all the time. No, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we know that we're right with God when we start to pray and, oh, Lord Jesus, I need you. Touch me, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. You praise you. Praise your name. You praise the Lord. You start praising the Lord. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord God, in the midst of this trial. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. And the Spirit of the Lord will start to come down upon you because there's nothing in between you but the blood of Jesus. <laughs> so the Lord just comes right down on you and fills you up and you don't get offended by people. You don't get discouraged by people. You might get a little angry, 
because the Bible does cause us to, you know, react to the unrighteous thing, but the worldly people, they won't. So for, I got a coworker also, and sometimes she comes up and talks to me and um, I'm trying to work. And sometimes I don't, you know, I spend a lot of time when I'm at work, God has provided, he's allowed me to be able to, you know, I can get stuff done sometimes. And so while I'm getting stuff done, sometimes then I, you know, I might have a moment. But then, you know, I get in a mode where I got to really focus on my job or I'm starting to listen. I listen to messages sometimes too at work or I listen to a lot of uh, uh, some preachings or I'm listening to worship and I'm feeling the spirit. So I'm zoned in and I'm in a mode and then um, she'll come over and then she'll just start talking to me. And uh, I do not feel like talking to her at all. But I know that I've been praying for her and that I'm witnessing to her. She's an open door. Even if she doesn't know it all the way, she is. And so because of that, I have to crucify my flesh. My flesh immediately wants to say, ma'am, I know you have way more work to do than I do because you, she, you know, she doesn't really, she's always on the phone. Uh, but she's a good employee. But my, my point is I want to tell her, go back to your desk, please. And don't talk to me right now while I finish up what I'm doing. Because she'll come over mid-thought. You know, I'm writing an email. She's like, hey. <laughs> and then I got to stop and talk to her but I don't like to do that all the time but I can't let what I feel or my personal preference for the time of day when she can come over and chit chat with me I can't let that affect how I respond to her because I always have to remember that she is lost and no matter what she's I'm dealing with what she is dealing with she's dealing with it outside of uh, having a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ and therefore I ought to be kind and sweet you know and uh, gentle with her uh, because she is a sweet, nice person and I really want her to get saved. So you have to take the time though with people. You got to be led by the Spirit of God with people and you have to take time with people. God put us as a church together. All right, he wants us together, right? So let's read verse nine again. Not because we have not power, but... To make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow, ready, us. You follow your examples, folks. Every single person listening to this podcast, I pray in Jesus' name that God will highlight who your examples are. You say, Lord, I need to follow my examples. Who are they? My example is the Apostle Paul in the Bible. <laughs> That's not your example. <laughs> Amen. All right. Satan, no, I'll leave you alone there. I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. I'm not just saying this right now just because I'm not with you. I said the same exact thing when I was with you, right? Because I, I'm not making this up as I go along, folks. I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, I'm listening to what the Father is saying. Hallelujah. Verse 11, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, not working at all, but are busybodies. <laughs> Is that you, busybody? You got something to say, busybody? 
Huh? Well, I do my work, but I'm not working in the church. You don't work with everybody else. You always, but when you do, you work against what the Lord is doing. Instead of just working with the Lord and what he's clearly doing, you take all the credit. So when you see something else going on, you automatically assume it's somebody else. It's the wrong person. So you take all the credit. For you take all the credit when it's you. You do that. So when you see it happening with somebody else and God's actually getting the credit, you assume that they're like you. And so you go around and you, well, you got your murmuring and you're complaining. You're like Miriam. You're murmuring and complaining against Moses. You know, you can't do that, folks. All right. Miriam and what was Aaron murmuring against Moses. You don't do that. Okay, and so let's get there real quick. So Numbers 12. <clears throat> One. Uh let's go. Let's look at this. Let's look at the murmurer. Let's look at them. Hey man, God is good, and I hope you guys are not ever offended by my creepy laugh. I'm sure that I've laughed a lot. Um, it's, stick, it's sticking out to me right now, but uh, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? There's a mic right in front of me, and so uh, some of this is funny. It's funny because I feel the joy of the Lord. You know, I'm very careful to speak uh, what the Lord wants me to say, and even if I'm saying it and it sounds like, you know, oh my God, I, there's nothing but love in my heart for you and joy in the Holy Spirit. Woo! <laughs> That's the Lord, folks! That's how he does it. You know, in the old days, they would say, up oh, here comes my helper. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's a fountain of living water up there. And don't get me started on the living water because I'm grateful for the water, folks. Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you able to get to the water up above in heaven? And if you aren't, then tell the Lord what you're doing. Uh, and say, Lord, I would really like to get that, those waters up in the kingdom of heaven and have faith and then get washed under the blood of Jesus because nothing can take away your sin except for, except for the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood that he shed for you. He shed his own blood for each and every one of us. So that's why we have absolutely got, we've got to surrender everything to him. Amen. He's so amazing. Uh, so let's, uh, so uh, Numbers 12, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. I'm just, you know, uh, May, you're sitting up here talking about him and who he's going to get married to or, well, who he married to. Maybe there's a little similarity out there. Who's out there speaking about me? <laughs> Amen. God bless you. He says, so, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, they were probably like, well, the Bible says that, you know, you shall not take their, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Should we be intermingling? You know, because Moses wrote the law. And uh, verse 2, And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? 
Hmm. Huh? Why y'all paying attention to Moses so much? Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. This is hilarious to me. It's truly hilarious because it's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a defiance to authority, you know, and God is authority. And so you better get under the authority of God so that you don't ever talk like this. Uh, you don't ever want to do that, folks. All right. Unless God has anointed you and given you biblical means uh, and given you an unction of the Holy Spirit to speak, then you better be yielded and surrendered. Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, I just pray for every idle word that's been spoken, Father God, uh, by any of your people in your body, including myself, Lord, that you will wash us in your precious blood, Father God, that you'll put those idle words under the blood. And that we won't get them out again. But that we will seriously consider ourselves. And consider the words that come out of our mouths. When they're about the people that you love. And the people that you're using. And the people who love you. Right? We may, 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 may we not talk about Moses. Unless Moses isn't Moses and Moses is actually out there sinning or he's just acting like Moses or he's calling himself Moses uh, because he's got the title of Moses. So if he's got a Moses title and he's like, I'm Moses because my Moses title. Well, you know, but he's of the devil. Then you can clearly talk about that. Be like, well, no, Moses, you, Moses, you're not supposed to be sinning. You're sinning. Right. <laughs> Amen. Help him, Lord. And they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us. And guess what? The Lord heard it. He heard it. He hears what you're saying about the people that he has called. He hears you. Now, the man Moses was very meek <laughs> above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, folks just leave i'm gonna get out of here because this is just it's, it's it's it is mind you it's moses who's writing what he's writing so put yourself for a minute back then and see what this is like all right folks moses was serving god okay uh, serving the lord jesus christ it's evident and um you know Writing all this stuff down. <laughs> he said, now, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Because he probably would have never thought anything like that about you. Because he doesn't think evil. He's charitable. But you do. And so you got to work on that. All right. Aaron, Miriam, whosoever you be. You know, you got to work on that. And if you don't got somebody to tell you that you got to work on that, then you're really in trouble, right? Because I'm the type of brother that's going to tell you about you when the Lord tells me to. I'll tell you about you because it means that he cares and you're truly his child. And, uh, you know, people just get out of order sometimes. You need to be realigned. You need to be realigned. Realign yourself. You know, examine yourself. This has to be something that we all do. All right, let's keep going back to Thessalonians. Uh, see, I just proved to you that that did happen. You see, I'm not a liar. Amen. 
Verse 11, for we hear that there, uh, that there are some which walk among you disorderly. Now, how do we hear that? Except for somebody is doing good and communicating with their leader. <laughs> somebody is talking. It's gotten back to Paul. And he's like, you know what? They're telling dear Paul. Uh, I don't know if they said dear, but they probably were, you know, following him, you see. And so they probably wrote the letter like he wrote the letter, right? So when they wrote a letter back to Paul, it was probably like their leader that they followed, huh? Because their leader was right. And the, the Lord was able to work through their leader. And when the Lord can work through the leader, what happens is the Holy Spirit is able to deposit things from himself, right? Not from the leader, but from himself. And you can always tell when it's from the leader because, you know, the leader will be like, oh, go get my car or, you know, go the lead. Those type of leaders that the Lord can't work through are leaders that all have people serving them. But the leader that Jesus can work through is the leader that is serving the people. He is the guy who takes the lowest seat in the room. He is, uh, as my pastor once told me, he is cleaning the restrooms out or sh uh, sh she, the, the lowly sister, she, I had to say that carefully because I wanted to make sure I watched, um, you know, watch where I go with that. I don't want to go into another topic. <clears throat> now, uh, verse 11 again, for, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. See, so it's good to communicate and to talk, uh, to the leader, especially about the people who walk disorderly. And if you got a problem, then that's what you need to do. Do you understand? You need to do that. That's how you get it done. You know, if you got a problem, so then that's when the leader needs to come over and probably correct you because chances are you are greatly out of line. You know what I mean? The Lord can hear you. He don't like that. He doesn't like it. Now, he likes uh, different kinds if you do it right. You got to do it right, you see? We're in season three, episode 15 today, folks. I forgot to say that in the beginning 45 minutes ago, so I'm going to take a quick break from this and say... Thank you so much to the listeners that are continuing on. Welcome to this episode, Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. I'm your host, your encouraging brother, Preach, and I'm grateful for each one of the listeners. Hallelujah, I'm grateful. Especially, I'm grateful for the listeners, folks. I'm grateful for the listeners. Why is that? Because you know what? I know that the Lord loves you, and that's why. That's why I'm grateful for you, folks. You know, this is, uh, it's, a, it's, it's between me and the Lord. Because he is a beautiful, 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 loving Savior. And so, you know, I'm here to encourage you. And so I just, I thank you, listeners. I'm trying to do more to address the listeners of the podcast because uh, you it's important. You know, we are a family. Y'all don't ever really write in for questions. Uh, so I'm assuming that you're out there receiving what I'm telling you and enjoying this. And so if that's the case, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Raise your hands up and thank and praise the Lord so the Holy Spirit will come down on you and just start to wash you in the presence of God. Lord Jesus, baptize us, oh, Father God, in your spirit, Lord God. Baptize us in your truth. Drown us in your word, Lord. <laughs> he says, drown them. Yes, Lord. Because if we, through the spirit of God, do mortify the deeds of the body, amen? Through the spirit of God, do mortify the deeds of the body. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise should always be coming out of our mouths. Praise is comely for the upright. Sometimes I have no idea what to say, even when I'm alone. I have no clue. You're like, you running out of words? Psh, I doubt it. No, it happens, well, a lot. Uh, not too, too much, though. 
but it happens a lot. And so, you know, I don't like to speak without the anointing of the Lord. You know, there's been many times I've started to do this podcast too soon. Or, uh, you know, I, I have in the past gone up to the podcast uh, and tried to do this and, and I had some doubt in like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do it or, you know, just whatever little lie the enemy speaks my way. And so when I go forward and I try to record, I've recorded before and not been under the anointing thinking that I could just talk to y'all. And um, yeah, no, 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 no. I have to delete that. <laughs> I have to. The Lord's like, okay. the Lord's like you, got, you got that out of your system now? You done with that? Good. Get it out. <laughs> Amen. So all of the things I say personally are all by permission. Amen. They're by permission. So that little antidote was about was by permission. You know what I'm saying? If you heed that is spiritual, judge what I'm saying. But uh, we'll see. Anyways, uh, so I'm glad you're here, my dear listeners. And I, I just gl glory to God. May you spread this podcast and share it. Share this podcast with somebody. Share the podcast. Uh, share it, share it, share it, share it. And um, you can also follow the Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast Facebook page. I don't know the handle, but if you type that in, you will see the logo pop up. You can follow that. I do post messages on there as well. And um, you can go back and actually look at the scriptures I put in. It's just whatever, you know, little quick little messages. Uh, some of them might look lengthy but that's because i actually cite the scripture and i put the whole scripture in there instead of just giving the reference kind of make it real easy you know so that's why they look a little long um if you you see them up there so just you know it, all ways for us to edify one another in love folks and i'm preaching the true gospel the gospel of jesus christ without any type of uh anything you know Nobody's paying me. Actually, I'm getting tons. I'm getting rich right now. <laughs> I'm getting rich because, uh, you know, I know that I'm not laying up for myself treasure in uh, or, or, uh, in earth. This is treasure in heaven. I'm not laying up treasure on earth with this podcast. I'm not laying up treasure in heaven. And you can be sure that you're never going to get on here and have me have a political agenda or, um, you know, try to. I haven't asked you for any offering. Amen. Give your money to your local church. Uh, get out there and, and get equipped so you can get out there and preach the gospel and get some souls saved. You know what I mean? If you hear something on this podcast and then you take it out there and you preach to somebody else, like the Lord starts to minister to you and he puts something in you and then you're able to go out and you minister to somebody else, hey, amen. You know, that's wonderful. If you get motivated to get up off your uh, laziness and you run out there to the streets and you're like, you know what? I have been a little lazy. Let me get out there and go preach the gospel. Let me call up somebody I haven't talked to in a while and make sure they're saved. You know, if you, you're inspired to do some work, if I can provoke you to some zeal, if I can provoke you to examine yourself and repent and get closer to God, that is the goal, folks. Actually, that's not the goal, but that's one of the goals. That's the Lord's goal. My goal was that by the time I die, there would be uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of me preaching the gospel. That's in my heart. That's what that's what I believe that the Lord is moving us to. So by the time I'm gone, you know, this uh, this will go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm only back here for one reason only, and that is to give glory to the Lord God Almighty of heaven and earth. My eye is single. 
You know, I'm not in this to try to maneuver my way here or there or deal with this person or this person or that person, this person. I am seeking the Lord and I'm grateful. You know what I'm saying? I'm confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a confident in his ability. It's not phony, folks. Amen. Let's get back into Thessalonians now because I don't know where that was going, but amen. So uh, intro done. Verse 11, again, we're going to do it. Praise the Lord. For we hear, amen, that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now, them that are such, we command. Now, look, you busybody. We command and exhort you by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So you just keep your head down you hear me you're not permitted to speak you need to be quiet you need to work with quietness don't be making a fuss don't be busybody and keep your opinions to yourself keep your opinions to you you don't formulate no opinion about about who or how who qualified you for an opinion you put on the mind of christ you see, when you start formulating opinions about people and who they're marrying or married to or what they're wearing, what they look like, what they seem to you, when you do that, then you are stepping out of the bounds of what the Lord has permitted us to judge. And thou art become a judge of evil thoughts. Oh, I don't like that he just said thou. <laughs> You're judging evil thoughts. You need to cut that out, all right? Stop entertaining Satan in your mind and cast him down. Because thou walkest not charitably if you do that. And you got to walk in charity. Man, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is grieved by some of this behavior, folks. And it's all up and down in all the churches. Dealing with church people who are more minded to the church than they are to seek the Lord for their own issues. You need to be rebuked. I don't know the last time you were rebuked, but you need to be rebuked. That needs to be rebuked, broken off you. All right? Mm, amen. I'll leave you alone for a minute. Hallelujah, glory to God. <sighs> amen. But ye, good Christian, ye, good Christian, brethren, the non-busybody, be not weary in well-doing. Keep doing what you do. Keep on doing it. Why? Because uh, you'll, you'll reap if you don't faint. Now, verse 14, And if any man, Obey not our word by this epistle. Note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. That doesn't mean, oh, don't don't invite him over to your uh, house or don't, you know, invite him to the party. But no, 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 no. Don't have any company. Don't even bother. with. Don't talk to Leave him alone because he doesn't walk uprightly. And he should be walking uprightly. So don't have any company with him. Don't talk to him. J get away from him. You know, unless you can go and start to address those issues from whence he has fallen. You know, you don't bring him along. Well, come on anyway. Let's just, well, come on. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. It's not going to teach him anything. You know, 
You got to teach him the error of his ways. Well, how? Well, look, verse 15. Yet count him not as an enemy. Don't count him totally as the devil. But admonish him as a brother. But you need to make, but you got to warn him. You got to make him see that you won't just be accepted into the circle of heaven. You will not be just accepted into it. Uh, you have to have certain conduct. That's why kicking people out of the church is a good thing. Because people just are in the church now because they know that you won't kick them out. So they'll do anything. But when you kick somebody out of the church, you are showing them that there's that they're not just going to go to heaven no matter what. You know, they're going to get a clear picture. And then it's much harder for them to try to be a Christian when they're not around strong Christians. You see, if you're out in the world and you're not around strong Christians, it's got to be harder for y'all. Because we're a body and we got to be in this together. So you might just think you're a strong Christian all on your own. And I'm just a strong Christian, but you're unloving. And that's a problem, isn't it? And so that's why you can't be off on your own. That's why you got to have your leader. So he can show you or she can show you. Ah, Leadership in women is should be women over the women a lot of the times. Uh, but just, you know, never a woman over a man. But a man can be over women. In fact, men should be over women. Holy men only. Ungodly men, don't even listen to them. Because if a person is not fearing God and keeping his commandments, then he has completely failed as a man and as a human. Because the whole point of life, the whole goal in life is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That is the purpose of our existence. And I'm going to add on to that by saying to fear God, keep his commandments, to love the Lord and to walk in his ways and to seek after God's heart. Oh, Lord, show me your heart. Oh, Lord, show me your heart. You know, that's it. But don't listen to any man that's not like that. Amen. Don't listen to anybody that's not like that, in fact. And if it's a woman, a woman should not be ruling over a man. You know, you just shouldn't. Read the Bible and pray about it. But no woman needs to be ruling over men. It just shouldn't happen. And I'm so sorry if you're a woman out there, you're one of my listeners, and you're a woman, and you're like, oh, I just want to rule over men. Well, listen up, Jezebel. You need to sit, take the back seat to a holy man. But if there are no holy men around you, then you're dealing with uh, infidels. So, uh, you know, you just put on the whole armor of God, deny yourself, and it'll be Christ living in you. Amen? All right, let's keep going with this. Uh, verse 15. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Amen? Now the Lord of peace himself give you what always? Peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Even the busybodies, because there's no hate in my heart, you busybody. I'm not hating you in my heart. I'm doing the loving thing for you. That's why it says, may the Lord be with you all. Be with everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, I'm grateful to be doing another episode right now. 
um, this is this is uh, I just feel very happy. I'm very happy for what God is doing. You know, the Lord wants us to continue on into the very end. He that endures unto the end will be saved. But let's not make it harder for one another by walking around bitter and hateful and gossiping and, you know, doing little gyration moments or, you know, being this discordy. Don't do that. All right. Be edifying, please. You know, just do the right thing. Make it easier for the person that's next to you. That's charitable, right? Not to put a stumbling block in front of somebody, but you want to be charitable. You know, if I look at somebody, I say, oh boy, they're never going to make it. I would once not going to say that, but if I see where they're currently not making it, then I'm going to run over to them and I'm going to start helping them. Am I just going to yell at them? I don't do that. You know, I wait for the Lord, but I'm going to run over to them. Hey, how's it going? How you doing today? Did you need anything? Well, what's going on? Are you feeling all right? Oh, let's see. Let's see. How can we, how can we can help you? Can I, can I give you a ride to church or to work? Or, you know, do you need something like that? No, you don't? Okay. Well, would you like to study the Bible? Let's read the Bible together. Huh? So let me, I'm not even going to tell you, in fact, what you're doing wrong. Let's just read the Bible. And I'm going to see if the Spirit of God's working right now, which I'm sure he is. And let's read the Bible together. And then the Bible will correct you. And then I'll go, uh-huh, see, amen. And then I'll be like, well, you, was, I, you know, I won't say anything. I'll just say amen. You know, I'm going to say amen to the Lord. And then would you like to pray? If you want to pray, <laughs> get that out of you. You know, we got to be wise on how we connect with people, you know, but you want to do that. You don't just say, oh, you know, I feel like in the long run, you are going to fail. What kind of demonic, you know, prof prophecy is that? That's not of the Lord, folks. And so you want to steer clear of that. And you want to make sure that you are nurturing what the Lord is doing in other people. And be very careful of what you say because the Lord hears. And be very careful of your demeanor because that's important. Walk in love and patience and long-suffering. Does it mean that you'll never get angry? No, it doesn't. You will get angry. But get angry at the unrighteous thing, all right? And then go try to tell that person about their unrighteousness if the Lord opens up that door, which he definitely will if they're of the Lord. You know, there was one time where I kept saying that I knew somebody was going to do something. You know, a brother was going to do something, make a big old drastic change. And I, I kept saying, you know, I, every time I heard about it, I said, oh, no, Lord, I know that I this is not right. Oh, man, Lord. Well, fine. And I would even argue with God because I think the Lord was the one who was turning it and, and making me feel that way. And I said, Lord, well, no, I'm not going to. That's not my business. None of this is my business. I'm leaving that alone. That's not my business. Of course, the Lord was like, yeah, it's my business. Get to work. So finally, some uh, another brother called me out on it. And he, I didn't even say anything about it. And the brother was like, yep, well, you, you, you know, I'm, yeah, he's like, yep, well, you better go say something and get that out of your heart. And I was like, don't be putting something in my heart that's not in my heart. I don't care. <laughs> and a part of me did, I definitely did care, but I didn't care like that. You know, I, I had some things happen with that brother. And so it was a sensitive subject because they had kind of shunned me and cut me off because, uh, you know, I rebuked them for being in the ministry and having a house that was completely in disorder and not restraining the ch uh, his child who was in the ministry with him. And his child was out doing horrible things and he wouldn't do anything to correct him. And so that was horrible. You can't do that. He's living under your roof and you're his mentor, but you act like you're not. I don't know. It was a sensitive subject. So he got mad at me for calling him out. And see, I'm not flattering people. He got mad and called him out. And then so, uh, so, so basically, uh, uh, I hadn't spoken to him and I kept getting this unction to, I just knew 
oh no you don't don't do this don't do this so finally after being confronted one more time by by that brother uh, uh another brother i got confronted it was the same one uh, i got confronted by him one more time hey you need to say something and then finally i was like you know what lord if you want me to say something then you got to open up the door i'm not about to hunt this person down or nothing you got to open up the door then uh uh then I was invited to a church service, and so I went to the church service, and that person was there. Okay, so the Lord opened up the door, and I immediately told them the thing that uh, I believed they needed to hear. And then it came to pass, all right? <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> my point is, you know, the Lord will open up those doors because the Lord doesn't want us to be silent and hate people in our hearts. He wants us to rebuke our neighbor. All right. He wants us to rebuke our neighbor because reproofs of instruction is the way of life. That's how we survive, folks. You know, that keeps us on the path of rightness. You know, reproofs of instruction. And you keep getting reproved by people, by people, by people until you are sensitive enough to be reproved by the Holy Spirit. You know, and then when you get that, you stay with people. You keep getting reproved and, and, and exhorted, and, but, but the Holy Spirit does it too. And then you're able to get it more from the Holy Spirit than you're getting it from other people. But you're still full of uh, love and the right ways of the Lord, folks. And not just around who you like, but especially around who you don't. Amen? Because we're not to love like the world loves. We're to love like Jesus loved us and gave himself for us. I'm going to read verse 16 again. Now the Lord of peace himself. Give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. And then look, he takes credit for it. Watch. The salutation of Paul with my own hand. Listen to this, folks. Now, what Bible are you reading? The salutation of Paul with my own hand. What if I ended the podcast and I was like... This has been the salutation of Brother Preach uh, with my own voice. <laughs> That's not your voice. <laughs> Actually, when I recorded my testimony, my voice ended up being a little bit deeper because of how I had the mic and the setting that it was on in order to mix it in with the music. I always do some mixing on the sound so that the music, you know, carries with the testimony. I put that music in the beginning of this podcast, too, because... Um, you know, I want this to feel like a service for you who are on the road. I want you to have a chance to praise and thank the Lord. That's why I also want you to be able to listen to the song that's at the very end of the podcast. Because, you know what? You got to praise the Lord. And I might do some song. I'm not going to make you listen to the song. Uh, but I encourage you to listen to the song all the way up until the very end. All right? The Lord speaks to me about what songs to put on here at the end and which ones not to. You know what I mean? I've put stuff on there and it's mm -mm, uh, mm -mm, uh, <laughs> But the Lord always just puts that song there for me to put it inside of the podcast and it's he's in the praise all right and you got to get to the very end so you can start to praise amen you got to survive the rebuke and so you can get to the praise folks it's all about surviving the rebuke and getting to the praise and it's not always a rebuke however it is quite important for us to keep our ears open to the lord so that he could speak to us and we could see what we'll answer when we are reproved amen all right, so praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and get into the testimony. Hallelujah. And you know, I don't want to change my testimony intro at all, but I'm going to leave that alone. But, but you know, I hope you guys aren't getting tired of it because I like it. You know, and actually, last story I'll tell, and then let's get to the testimony. Uh, I was about to um, 
And then we'll get some of James today, too. We'll get it. Look, we're almost done. Folks, we are almost done with the book of James, right? That'll be, all, that's all of James. Ain't that something? That's all of James, man. I'm I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. You know, I used to be terrible at finishing books. And, uh, you know, so I couldn't read. I was terrible at it. And then when I found out I had to read the Bible, I was like, man, I don't I don't want to read. I, I hate reading. And I was upset that the only way I could get to know the Lord was through reading the Bible. I was like, no. And uh, then I was like, well, fine, God, if I've got to read the Bible, then I'm going to need to feel your pre-. Now, mind you, folks, I didn't mean to say this. This was the Holy Spirit, not me. But I said, well, Lord, if I'm really got to read, your, if I'm going to have to read your Bible, then I need to feel you coming off these pages. I need to feel you coming off the pages and going into my eyeballs. <laughs> and thus, here we are, folks. You know, you want to learn the Bible, you better ask the Lord to teach you. Solomon didn't study for his wisdom. He asked to, he asked for it from the Lord. He did not study for it, folks. The Lord touches people, and he does it quite frequently. If you weren't so busy trying to uh, make up your own mind about things, then you might be able to hop into what the Lord is doing. You might be able to jump in the river and get some for yourself, but you don't because you are a Miriam or an Aaron, you know? And the Lord can forgive you for that. So just make sure that you shut up now and be quiet and do the work of your own. Do your, do your business and hush. And just say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't say anything else. You're suspended from speech for a while. You know what I'm saying? Because you believed not the thing that the Lord was doing. So you better make sure that you believe what the Lord is doing. By faith you're saved, by doubt you're damned. You need work on your faith. Do you have faith to obey? Huh? Work on your faith. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Amen. Well, that wasn't exactly the story that I wanted to tell. Actually, wasn't the story that I wanted to tell at all. But I said one more story in the, the testimony time, so uh, I, I'm going to stick to my word. And um, yeah, praise the Lord. So um, without further ado, enjoy the testimony. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let church turn out before I get my testimony in. And since I got the chance right now, you know what I'm going to do? I'll testify for Jesus, but I want to give you uh, my testimony of a hell experience that the Lord gave me where I left this realm and went into hell. Before I give you this testimony, I just want to say this. I will give an account to the Lord Jesus in my judgment when I stand before him in judgment of every idle word that I speak. And so I say that to you to say that, that I speak the truth here, I lie not. On the night of February 28th, um, 2022, I was asleep in my bed. 
and, and I don't know how long I had been asleep. God knows. But at a certain time, I was, I was supernaturally transported from my bed and immediately I entered another realm. I entered into hell. Um, and uh, when I entered into hell, I, I cannot describe the atmosphere of hell. I, I, I really cannot. It, it, is, it is almost like, um, like the fear that we experience on earth is not commensurate to the fear in hell. The fear in hell is so many times more intense than the fear on earth. It, it was like it was like um, it was like nothing that you can describe on earth. If you could take the fear you would have, if they were going to throw you to lions, it would not compare to the fear that you have in hell, because the fear in hell is a permanent fear. It is a the atmosphere of hell is is fear. And it's a part of your torment to be in rank fear perpetually. It, I, cannot, I cannot describe that feeling of, of when I realized that I, that I was in hell. Um, and I also felt a sense of, of, of hopelessness, of helplessness. It was, but it was not an earthly type of hopelessness. It was, it was a type of hopelessness that you have when you feel abandoned by God. A lot of us on earth don't realize that we experience the presence of God. The Bible says the whole earth uh, is, is full of his glory. So you experience the presence of God. That's why you can laugh and talk about God. And, 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 and that's why we can enjoy each other because we are in the presence of God. But when I entered into hell for the first time, I realized what it felt like to be abandoned by God. There is no God in hell. And I was in hell. When I woke up in hell, I was strapped to a table I was strapped there and my arms are strapped to the table. Uh, I'm strapped to uh, a table and there's a large demon. He's standing over me to my left side. He's standing right behind me. He's about eight foot tall and he's standing over me um, and he's wearing a black robe. And there is at my feet a tunnel of lava, um, just burning lava that this demon is about to insert me into. I'm strapped to the table. There's lava at my feet. And I realized that, that the, the burning lava was the only thing that gave the room light. I, I could see because of, uh, because of the, the light illuminating from the lava. The fear in me was beyond horrific. When you say I was terrified, that is inadequate to describe the, 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 the fear that's in hell. The demon that was over me, he was reaching for something and I could see his arm reached across me, just right across me. And as I'm laying there, I could see his arm and his hand extending from the black robe that he had on. And his, his hand was skeletal-like. And, and the Lord gave me the ability to, to perceive his thoughts and with an intensity, it was like I could hear him say, I got you now. I mean, it, it was, it was, it, it, it just, it was shattering how angry and, 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 and excited he was to have me in that, on that table of torment. 
and his hand as that skeletal like hand extended I could see that it had skin on it but it was a skeleton I can't, can't describe it all I can tell you is that he had on a black robe he's reaching across my body I can see this lava that I'm about to be inserted in and this is a type of the torment that some people will experience in hell there are specific torments for different people in hell. There are, there are people who will be in a cage, um, you know, in a cage burning, and there are people who will experience literal tormenting things like this. And, and I'm telling you, I was so in fear, and, and, and that, that feeling of being abandoned by God gripped me. And, and I was just so glad that, 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 God, that God actually just let me experience it for a short period of time. And then he allowed me to, 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 to pull out of it. And I remember that, that the Lord brought me back, brought me back to the reality that it wasn't my time. And I began to, I began to realize, I began to be able to pull out of hell. I began to pull out. And as I pulled out... I could, I could see myself rising above the table of torment, but I could still see the demon, and I could still see the table of torment, and I could still see the lava, but I could see the periphery of my bedroom. As I pulled out a little bit more, I could see, I could see a shadow of the demon in the table of torment, and I could see a little bit more of my bedroom. And the Lord blessed me to be able to pull all the way out of that thing. And when I came to myself, I was overjoyed. As I sat there in my bedroom, just remembering it is, is overwhelming. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, today is the day of salvation. I'm telling you now, the Lord allowed me to experience that so that I can tell you what hell is like. Hell is real and you need to do everything in your power to avoid going there. Any, whatever you, every, give, give the Lord every bit of you to keep from going there. I'm saying to you right now, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And, he did, and his, his death is in vain when you don't live your life for him. I'm telling you now that today is the day of salvation and you need to get saved. You need to get born again. You need to recognize Jesus and make him the Lord over your life. Acknowledging Jesus is not sufficient. He's got to be Lord over your life. You can't just go through saying, I acknowledge Jesus. You must say he's my Lord and I serve him with my life. I'm telling you right now, today is the, salvation, the day of salvation and you need to get born again. Give your life to Jesus this day. Salvation is on the earth. Salvation is on the earth. There is no salvation in hell. Salvation is on the earth. As long as you are on the earth, you have a chance to repent of your sins. Salvation is on the earth. There is no salvation in hell. Salvation is on the earth. Uh, on January the 1st, eight years ago, year 2000, I was, uh, I went to bed the night before, 
my wife was next to me and I and there's one moment when I woke up and with all consciousness, all my senses intact, my brain, everything, it's just fully conscious. But I was surprised because I wasn't I wasn't where I was supposed to be in my room. I was a in a very in a weird place. I couldn't explain. There's no place like that. And uh, I was I was puzzling. Where am I? What's this? I mean, I'm conscious. This is not a dream, not a vision, but it's me. Like physically too, it's me. I just cannot see myself wearing what clothes and so on. It's all the details just lost because of the trauma, because of the shock. And I heard a voice behind me. I couldn't turn my neck, you know, to the right or the left. Just a voice behind me. And because I fellowship with that voice every day, reading the Bible every day, I know who, that I know that I know that that voice is my master, Jesus Christ, saying to me, you are here by my will. Go ahead and go, go forward, walk on. I'll lead you. I'll show you something to tell other people. And just walk on and uh, very long, long path. I, I really long path and it's very stuffy, no air and uh, no wind blowing and it's very heavy. I think the, the stink itself could kill you literally in this life. But I know that I was in, in a good hand and I walk on said, what is it that you are trying to show me? Get me out of here, you know? Get me out of here. It's, it, you feel everything. Like you feel your skin, you feel everything. And uh, and finally I reach a place. He led me to a place. It's a wide and wide gate, and a huge wide gate. It's not like a gate at all, nothing like it. Whatever I say here is just, it's just far to be likened to anything that we have seen in this life on, on earth. And that gate is so wide and then there's the supernatural writings on it, above it. It's uh, amazing even to be able to read it because it's so far, it's so wide and tall and it's a door. And the writing can God touch my eyes to be able to interpret what it's written. It's something like the valley of death and torture, something like that. And a voice behind me saying, open the door. I say, I'm afraid to even open the door. It's so rusty, it could hurt my hand because it's not a spiritual, I mean, it's not a spiritual experience. It's like almost physical, you know, not almost physical. It's more than physical. It's very, I'm not going to touch doors like that. It's going to hurt my, my hands. But before I touch it, the door opened by itself. And when it, as it opens, it breaks my heart so much. I could... I could hear all those, all those. I, I could, I could hear people, people, voices, voices of human being crying for help and cursing everything. You name it, and it's not clear anymore. So many people and gnashing of teeth and the heat just the darkness just came out. It's not like darkness, like there's no light and this is darkness. It's the darkness is a force and it's a. It's a reality, it's, 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 it's feeling the breath of God in the air. And, and as I opened the door and, and I could see I was by the gate and I knew exactly where I was. I was where the dead are kept until the day of the judgment of Jesus Christ, the white throne judgment that is written in the book of Revelation. And before I could see anything else, I could see far, 
far away, far, far away. It's too far for a man to reach with his eyes. But because God, because of Jesus and his, his, his power, I could see it very far away. The endless, endless. And at that direction in front of me is really endless. And I could see smoke billowing up. And, and it was like there is a glow of fire, though I could not see the end of the fire. It must be, the valley must be very deep, you know, and the lake must be deep. It must be a lake of fire or something. And it's, and, 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 and it's so huge, I could only see the smoke billowing up. And, and, and I begin to see a lot of tortures happen. And I, re, I re, reminded what is written in the book of Revelation that no one has been thrown into that lake of fire, not the devil, not human beings who died and perished in his sin, no one until the throne of uh, the white throne judgment of Jesus Christ. So I know where I'm standing at is by the gate of death where I see so millions and only God knows the numbers is a lot, trust me, a lot more than people who go to church for sure. <laughs> and I saw people being tortured by the free demon spirits that are Although condemned, but they are not yet judged and not yet bound, not yet, not yet thrown into the lake of fire. And these human beings, who, these dead people, who is, trust me, they are not dead at all. They are alive and more alive than they thought, than, they, than we think. And they are tortured day and night by the spirits and the, that, that they serve them in their lives with their sins. And this is pay up time. This is not judgment time, this is just pay up time, you know. These spirits own them forever. And these spirits, these devils, demon spirits, and this devil and this, all these cursed, dead people who perish in their sins are gonna be thrown to the lake of fire. And I could see all kinds of torture there. People are tortured according to their sins on earth. Not because it's God's judgment, God's judgment is fair, but this is like a playground, play time for the devil. You know, Jesus says, it's better for you to go to heaven one eye if your eye causes you to sin. Couch it out because it's better for you to be one eye into heaven than two eyes into heaven. You know what happened? If you sin with your eyes, then your eyes are the, are the play toy in that, in, that, in that torture chamber. Not even a chamber, it's too small. Chamber is too small. And if your hands causes you to sin, one of your hands just causes you to sin, just, just, just cut it off. It's better for you to be one-handed into heaven and two hands. I saw all kinds of torture and people and oh all I did was I just said have mercy Lord have mercy I almost died witnessing all that I didn't die because of God's strength and if, if it's if we're not God's strength I would have died in my sleep and people would have thought I got a heart attack or something. Yeah. And after that experience, I woke up in the, in the morning. I got pain all over my body. I threw up almost every day. Just thinking about it, it's so traumatic. Especially if people ask you, ask you how to tell a story, that would be like killing you again and again and again. And nine months after that, I did the first crusade. It was after a lot of bargaining with God. God told me, Holy Spirit urged me to, to do a crusade and share 
a testimony. I said, "What? I don't want to. I don't think I could, you know. Secondly, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I've been called false prophet. I've been called theologically unhealthy uh, preacher, whatever. Lord, if you love me, don't tell me to do this. It's, 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 it's bad enough, you know, you bring me there. It's bad enough. Why don't you bring like this guy, that guy? Why don't you bring me? And I obeyed anyway. And in that crusade, I preached very simply. People, a lot of people came and ran to the front to receive Jesus. I didn't do that altar call that in this way. Who wants to receive Jesus? All eyes closed, all heads bowed. You know, nothing wrong with that stuff. I don't do that because of the emergency. You know what? Preaching the gospel is emergency. It's urgency. It's nothing. It's not nothing like a. It's not a joke. It's not manipulation. It's not a business. Come on. It's not. It's not all that. And 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 I don't care anymore. I obey the Lord. Even if I have to die. People will kill me because people didn't like me, especially here in Indonesia. If I die, it's again. But if I can save one person from going there, not me, but Christ can save through my testimony, through the Word of God, it's all worth it. And people just ran forward in receiving Jesus. And I saw about seven young men up there on the on the second floor as they're listening to my sermon. They were joking with each other as I was sharing this, and as I was giving the altar call. People just come forward for a few seconds. They don't give them much time. And those seven people just talk with each other, seemingly like mocking what what my testimony. I didn't, you know, I didn't take any. I don't take things like that personally because it's not me they reject. Suddenly, I get my first vision that could say I got a vision. These seven people willingly holding hands together jump into the lake of fire, and that broke my heart. Although about some thousands of people came to Christ in that three nights, three nights of crusades, but still cannot heal my heart. I know that those seven people have hardened their hearts, and I don't think in any other crusades or in any other witnessing effort by their friends, if they hear something as hard as hell, they cannot change. They will not change at all. And how about the people in the Western world? Hell is a fantasy. Hell is a Hell is just a word. Go to hell. Do you know what you're talking about? And hell is just like it's just a it's just a story, you know. It's not real. It's not. It's made up. Well, up it's up to all of us what to believe. But I always have this belief. I share this. Believe it or not, my hands are clean. Whether people believe or not believe, it's not it's not in my control. As long as my hands, I know I'm clean. My hands are clean. From your blood, you make your own choice. I tell my father. And I knew that we are not to take sin lightly. We are to be judged according to our deeds. And Jesus Christ comes, died, came, died as a, 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 a horrible death. There must be something horrible in death for all human beings to experience. For such a love to be sent from above to die horribly. And then, an, an embarrassingly humiliating death, like Jesus, Jesus did on the cross. We must not take things easily. Take, take sin easily. And yeah.
Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is beautiful. Um, he really is. He is beautiful. We serve a magnificent and a mighty God. And let me tell you something. I, if I, I might not say this a lot because I'm not, you know, I'm alone, but I know that I got listeners listening, uh, but you're not right in front of me. But uh, I do want to tell you, listen, I love you. I love you with the love of Jesus Christ, which is the most powerful love, because that's the type of love that's going to tell you the truth and paint a clear picture of what sin looks like, because that's why people are sometimes so okay with it, because you don't really know the reality of it. Um, you know, but if you could look up to the heavens and see God right up there and all the host of heaven and then you sin or you live a certain way or you know that something's bad, but you continue on in it anyway, you know, you, 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 you would, you would be, you'd be crazy. You wouldn't do that actually, you know, not if you could see if you had faith. And so sometimes we can't see what sin looks like and everybody is so quick to rub grace over every single, you know, trans, uh, transgression. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to sit back and let yourself experience real love. And um, real love is honest, real love is truthful, and real love will, will put you on the straight and narrow path instead of letting you go down the wide and broad path. Because uh, if I did that, then that means I hate you. But if I put you on the straight and narrow by painting a very clear picture for you to be able to run <clears throat> in the opposite direction, flee! Uh, away from these behaviors, you see, uh, you got these behaviors going on, and you got to run in the opposite direction as fast as you most, as fast as you possibly can. You don't need to waste any time because the longer you stay in that place, the more you merge with it, and they too shall be one flesh when two people come together. And so, if you're merging with this, these entities and this rebellious uh, spirit, then you'll merge with that. And um, <clears throat> and then you'll remain in your sin and be judged. You don't want to do that, folks, because hatred is a horrible sin to have in you. You can't have any hatred in you. I don't have any hatred in me whatsoever. Uh, not even for the people that I, when I do think about somebody and I am reproving them and I go, oh man, this is for this person because it's the Lord always in me doing it. And uh, I'm in the back seat, uh, but uh, but uh, when I'm when I'm doing that, and I think of the person, it's n nothing personal uh, to the extent of where you know there's no jealousy. I'm not envious or uh, desirous to hurt them or harm them. Or in fact, I feel like if I do, if they do get the privilege of being called out on here, and I, it is a privilege because that must mean the Lord really loves you, unless you're a famous TBN preacher. Which, you know, I don't necessarily believe that those gentlemen still have a desire to serve the living and true God. But, uh, you know, um, and if somebody says, well, who are you? Then I would just say, well, the Bible clearly says that you can set those who are least esteemed in the church to be the judges. And so I'm least esteemed in the church. I'm one of them. You know, and the Lord sets you to judge over everything. Because when we have the Lord in us, he is a mighty uh, ruler, and he is not uh, <clears throat> slack about any of his promises, and he's not fake. He's real to the core, and um, you know he doesn't put on a front. 
and he doesn't uh, act a certain way, but what he does do is he will straighten you out and make sure that you're not fake and that you don't front and that you don't put on a show. The Lord will help you to be like that. All you got to do is give yourself over to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means that you submit to him because he uh, ha he knows the way to save you. You can't save you, dummy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to call you dummy, but my goodness. You know, submit to the Lord. Oh, well, how could you call them? Sheep are not intelligent animals. You know, sheep are not intelligent animals. Uh, and so, oh, you got called a dummy. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. You know, you're going to melt. But, you know, you really are. Um, you're. It's crazy to think that you can persist alone in this. You can't. You have to get in subjection to what the Lord is doing in anything in you that prevents you from doing that is coming from a place of unbelief, number one. Uh, either you believe you're right or you don't believe the word is as straight as it is or as narrow as it is, and so you just believe you're good, or and that's a foolish thing or a dumb thing to do. So, you know, I just justified that for you, folks. Wisdom will be justified for children. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and move out of this. And, you know, if that word convicted you even a little bit, then your toe is out of line, and that's enough. So you need to get that toe back in line. You need to cut that off. You need to slice that off. Go into your kitchen, get a knife, and start to slice it off. And when you stop or you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this, then you know, that's where you can measure the amount of unbelief you have inside of you. You know what I'm saying? Because if you really believed that this gospel is true, then and you knew you were your foot was causing you to offend, you would chop it off immediately if you could see what hell was like. But you don't really believe, and so that's why you you think it's metaphoric only. But it's not metaphoric only. It is hell that you'll be in if you don't get it together. And you're not made for that. You're made for the kingdom of God. So now nobody try to sue me. If you go chop off your foot, that's your business. Uh, you could just, instead of going that extreme, you could start a fast and pray. And you can, uh, you know, get prayer. Confess really is really what's going to help you. If you confess it, you need to go up to uh, your Moses and you need to confess that you are wicked and you're Miriam. And you need to confess that this is what is on you. And uh, when you do that, you will that you'll be it'll be you'll be made free you need to go to the altar and you need to go down you need to stand up you need to have this broken off of you because as long as longer you just stay with it quietly in secret you know what i mean uh then it it's it's hurting you and that's why i'm trying to call it out get it off you so you can see that this is not what the lord has for you he's got something much better for you but you have to get over yourself and you got to you know, get out of that because you're not happy there. Are you, Charlie? You're not happy. And and the Lord wants you to be happy. He wants you to have real joy, not false joy. He doesn't want you to be fake. He wants you to be real. All right? Real. So now I'm done with this for real. So God bless you if you repent. But if you don't, then I'm not bidding you Godspeed because I don't want to be a take partaker of your evil deeds. Amen? So uh, it's late, and I'm not going to go with this very long, folks. Um, you know, amen. It's been a long uh, day for me, 
So, uh, amen. You know, I'm gonna we're gonna get into James though, and let's let's pick up where we left off. Hallelujah. We were last at James chapter eleven. Up, oh, and that's how the Holy Spirit works. Because just as I mentioned the book of James, where the Lord wants us to be, I can immediately feel the presence of God bursting into my heart, giving me joy and strength and uh, energy even to continue on. So we're going to go as long as the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to. But I pray the Father. <laughs> Amen. God is so good, isn't he? Wonderful. He's a beautiful Father. And he cares about us. And we know our time is short in this life. And tomorrow's not promised. Work now. You know what I mean? So that way you can uh, reap the benefit in heaven. Amen. It's heaven. Heaven, heaven. Amen. That's where I'm going. You know, amen. Praise the Lord. For sure. All right, so James chapter 5, starting with um, <clears throat> verse 11, because that's where we left off, but I'll pick up in verse 12. So let's do it. 11, behold, we count them happy which endure. Hmm? Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. The devil doesn't have any mercy, and the devil is not uh, pitiful. The devil doesn't pity anybody. In fact, the devil preys on people instead of pitying them. Uh, there's no pity in him. The devil is a psychopath, and uh, you know he hates himself the absolute most. And um, you know he blew it. He's got no forgiveness in this life or in the next, and in and he, and he knows that he is going to burn. He knows that he cannot ever get salvation. So he wants to try to ruin it for other people. But he's got no power uh, because, you know, he is condemned. He's coming from a place of falsity and condemnation. And that is not uh, a place of victory like where the Lord Jesus Christ is coming from. He's coming from a place of victory. Amen. Verse 12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not. Above everything else, swear not. Neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest she fall into condemnation. So don't be saying maybe. And don't be like, well, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I'm undecided because I'm double-minded. Don't be that way, folks. There's no need to be double-minded. You've got the Lord Jesus Christ inside of you. You've got confidence. There's no reason to be double-minded, to be unsure. You know what I mean? Uh, pray. Make a choice. Do you understand? God will bless you and protect you. You know, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your steps. And have a little confidence in the Lord after you spend some time with the Lord Jesus Christ. That way you can get his presence in your life, working, moving in and through you. And, uh, and then you'll know the truth about what God wants you to do, and that'll make you free from double-mindedness. Amen? So don't be double-minded. Because, Lord, um, you won't get anything from God if you're double-minded. So don't be that way, folks. So let your yay be yay. Say yes. If it's, if it's yes, follow through. If it's no, then say no. I once had a brother, and uh, I wanted to stay the night at his house. And so I said, uh, his name was Ivan. I said, Ivan, can I stay at your house? And he looked at me and he said, no, brother, you can't. <laughs> and he couldn't lie. So I said, well, why? And he said, because yeah, I just, just know. <laughs> and that's because, you know, I was always, you know, telling him what to do. And he got, you know, he, 
he had some issues with pride that he had to deal with. And, you know, I, I'm very good at, if you have trouble with pride, make yourself listen to these podcasts. It will literally cut that pride right out of your heart. It'll pull it right out as you listen to this podcast. That pride will just dissipate, you know, before the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's good for you. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we don't have anybody in our lives to, to humble us and then we ignore. So when you start treating people rudely, that's pride inside of you. You're prideful. So when you get around somebody, you're dismissive of them or you just don't treat them kindly like they've got the Lord in them. And if it's false, then, then, you know, that's of the devil too. You know, the Lord wants us to be genuine and he wants us to treat everybody like they're Jesus. Everybody. He wants us to treat all people like they're Jesus because God loves human beings. He loves us so much so that he gave us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And perish means that you will not end up in hell in the lake of fire. For it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this is the judgment. So we're going to all die, and then after this is the judgment. Or some of us will not actually die. We'll actually just be alive, and the Lord will immediately just lift us off the face of the earth when he removes his spirit, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then we'll come back uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ to kill all of the ungodly people. We're going to go and uh, we come with 10,000 of the Lord's uh, saints. We'll be in that number and we will just be murdering. Uh, not murder. I'm sorry. We'll be killing, uh, killing, coming back and killing the inhabitants of the earth and punishing them for their ungodly sins that they ungodly commit right before heaven. Just people sinning. Now, the Lord's not a murderer, so he there won't be murder. I misspoke. I said it was late. Um, all right, religious. So, uh, you know, <laughs> misspeaking does happen sometimes, folks. You know what I mean? But the foolishness of preaching is for me to correct this and then go ahead and keep going and talking about how bad the Lord is going to punish the inhabitants of the earth. He's actually going to give all of the people of the earth, the unrepentant people, he's going to give you a taste of what lawlessness really is. So you're going to, the elements will become lawless against the commandment that God has given them. Do you understand? The stars will fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens shall be shaken. The earth uh, will rotate and um, it will shake back and forth and the ocean is not going to stay in the ocean. It's going to come up on the land. It's going to drown people and uh, people are going to be full of horror and full of terror. Uh, they're going to be full of regret and um, some people, there'll be no more forgiveness for them because they blaspheme the Holy Spirit and that'll become a reality at one point. You know, Right now, I think the people who blaspheme the Holy Spirit don't really care that they've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They're like, eh, I don't care. I don't, you know, okay, you know. But the truth is that the Lord Jesus said, no man can come unto me except the Spirit of God draw them in for salvation. So if they're not eager to be saved, it's because the Holy Spirit is literally not interested in them because they're chaff. And, um, you know, there's all kind of people in the world that are chaff, and we're around people that are chaff all the time. Uh, there's the children of the devil, the children of disobedience, the tares. These are the people that the Lord is going to burn up with unquenchable fire. They'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of the teeth. This is a reality, and people better get it in their heads because uh, if you don't, you know, uh, you, you'll be surprised. But if you get it in your head right now, you start to believe it, then one day you'll actually have a chance at being saved, all right? So you want to make sure that you can get saved. This is a very important thing to do. And being saved means you, 
put your faith out of yourself and you put your faith on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. But if you don't uh, put your faith on that rock and fall upon him, then the rock is going to come back and it's going to grind you into absolute powder. And then, uh, you know, he'll make all of the skin and bones come back together at the last day uh, when he calls you up out of the grave. Uh, out of hell, actually, is where you'll be. He'll call you up out of hell on the last day, and then uh, you'll still be suffering because you'll have the terror and the trauma of being in hell up until the last day, and then um, you'll be, you know, scarred, I'm sure. You know, you're, you're going to be lots of torment there, but then you'll stand before the great, great white throne of judgment, and that's when the Lord Jesus Christ will uh, condemn you for eternity by putting you into the lake of fire. There'll be a great chain that holds you in the fire, and you'll be in that fire, and you'll be burning. And the Bible says you'll be burning and in torments, because the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. You won't be able to rest day or night. Your torment will never, ever, 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 ever stop. But you will be burning. And so that's why the gospel is preached. That's why I'm preaching anyway, because it is good news now that you can be saved. But if you keep messing around with the Lord and you don't take this seriously as if it's talking directly to you, because guess what? If you're listening to this podcast, it's talking directly to you and you might die real soon. And so if you do, you're going to hate yourself because you know what? In hell, you'll be able to recall every single word that I've said because your mind's going to a snap you'll be crazy upon crazy upon crazy you will not be able to handle it you couldn't really cut it here that's why you're not you know truly wealthy or well off but you definitely won't be able to cut it in hell and you'll have the memory of this place you'll have the memory of earth you'll have the memory you'll be in that the same body that you're in too will be there you know it'll be your body your spirit body but you're you'll be corrupt you'll put on corruption for eternity you know this isn't the way to be, especially when the Lord has made a so great a salvation for us by offering us Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, we can get out. You know, so but how can you ex, uh, expect to escape if you neglect the gift that the Lord has given when he gave us Jesus? How could you possibly do that? So it's good to remember that the Lord is very pitiful and that he's of tender mercy. Verse 12, but above all things, brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation for lying and being for double-minded. And when you're in condemnation, uh, you're not in Christ. Amen? Because there's no condemnation in Christ. So stay in Christ so you don't fall into condemnation. Verse 13. Oh, and this is just lovely instruction for us church people who just are head over heels crazy, madly in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and so grateful for what he's done for us. And so um, this is good instruction for us to be able to follow. Verse 13 says, Is any among you may, uh, afflicted? You got any type of affliction in you? Have you heard this message and now you're just afflicted? You're just mad. Well, you need to pray. You need to pray, 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 pray. And I believe confess as well because the Bible says, Whosoever covereth his transgression shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh 
shall have mercy. See, people don't like to uh, look at that, but let me tell you something. We got the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, which is the power of God unto salvation to everybody who believes. If this word is powerful enough to increase your faith unto salvation, surely this word is also powerful enough to cause you to walk in holiness. If the grace of God can have your sins forgiven, then the grace of God can also empower you to walk in the spirit of uh, holiness. God is going to bless us with the ultimate blessing. The ultimate blessing is his presence in our life. That's the ultimate blessing is the presence of God. We're being prepared citizens for heaven and we cannot be living in any type of open sin at all. We can't have secret sin in our life either. You cannot be hanging on to a demon and a demonic ritual and think that you're going to be able to get into the kingdom of heaven. You will be mis uh, deceived. You will be mistaken uh, at, the, at the final day when it's time for you to stand before God. You will be uh, horribly surprised, horribly surprised, because the Lord will be telling you to depart from me, you worker of iniquity. He doesn't want anything to do with you because you're, tra you're, tra you're chaff. That's what you are. You're of your father, the devil, and so you do the lust of your father, the devil, every opportunity you get. And so you need to pray to not be of the devil anymore. I keep saying that, man. This is your time. So be humble Listen to this if this is what God's put in front of you. Um, get that out of you. You need to get that out of you because you think it's no big deal. You know, oh, I, well, I'm not doing this fornicating anymore, so I'm fine. You know, I'm just evil in my heart and I hate everybody. You know what I mean? I'm just done with people. You know what I'm saying? So what's wrong with you? This is salvation. You got to endure unto the end. Didn't you just hear that? Behold, we count them happy which endure, verse 11. So endure. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing song. The Lord loves it when we just sing to him all day. When we just praise him all day, he loves that. That's good. You want to be heavenly minded so you can praise the Lord all day. Praise the Lord. Praising the Lord will keep those evil thoughts out of your brain since you have no self-control. You know, because you're you're not uh, humble, you're prideful, and so you need you, so your self control's lacking, because you're so full of pride. It's your pride. It's a stumbling block, and it's not just you know, No, no, no. Your stumbling block to yourself. You are a terror to thyself. You know, it's one sin after the next sin with you because you're so arrogant, and the Lord is trying to get you to chill out but you need to humble yourself before the lord humbles you because if the lord humbles you um recovery is going to be very difficult you know what i'm saying so the lord is still giving you an opportunity to humble yourself under the mighty hand of god what kind of person doesn't humble themselves under the mighty hand of god is any among you afflicted let him pray is any merry let him sing songs is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church. This is instruction if you're sick. You call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And this is the best part. And the prayer of faith. Remember, you got to have faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he hath committed any if he have committed sins they shall be forgiven him 
Now, this is where, uh, you know, people get a little crazy, but let's read it anyway. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, God is listening to the prayers of the righteous, but the prayer of the wicked, he doesn't even want to hear any other prayer that comes out of feigned, lying, wicked lips. He just wants to hear you repent of your sins and beg him for mercy. And, uh, you know, then then he'll come on to you and he'll show you himself. And then you uh, follow up with repentance and seeking the Lord daily for instruction. And then the Lord will be able to build you up and send you on your way so that he can go to his lost sheep save the last of us that will be saved and then finally trash get get rid of this place because this earth is uh on a one-way ticket straight to hell and uh straight to destruction actually and uh, but the lord's going to make a new heaven and a new earth wherein will dwell nothing but righteousness and you'll be stuck in heaven you won't be able to get out no matter what you won't want to get out you'll be in there forever with god for all of eternity worshiping praising flying around communicating understanding you will be like god uh, you will see him as he is isn't that wonderful this is the truth of the matter of where we're going that's why christians are so bold to preach the gospel why we use great plainness of speech why you know this is why because the world is so deceived into, into thinking that the wrong way is right and that the right way is wrong and that's why people are going to be going to hell because uh, they don't read the Bible. You don't know. You're deceived, and what you don't know will most definitely hurt you. Don't think that it won't. What you don't know will definitely hurt you. All right, so I'm actually going to stop there. Like I said, it's been a long day, but I love you, and I pray that you got a lot out of this message, and um, I pray that your soul is uh, prospering, and that as your soul pros prospers, that you will be... Uh, you know, that you'll go out to other people so their soul can prosper as well. And your soul's prospering when you're full of the fear of the Lord. So if you don't have any fear of the Lord, like it said in the beginning of the chapter, if any of you uh, lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and a bread not. So just ask in faith and say, Lord Jesus, I need the fear of you right now, Father. Send your fear uh, down into my heart, Father God, so that I can keep your commandments and live, so that I can seek you without any uh, bias in my heart, that I can seek you, Lord, without any reservation, because you won't tolerate it any other way. You want all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my might. And I'm ready to give you those things, Lord Jesus. I just need more fear of you, Father God. So give me visions and dreams or open up your word to me, which is really the most terrifying thing, I think, is when you're reading the Bible and the Lord opens up the word to you and it terrorizes your soul from the inside out. And you fall on your face and you're just, uh, you're just, you're just you're blown away with fear. And you start begging the Lord to remember that you're uh, just dirt and ashes, that you're nothing. And uh, that's humility. Yeah, that's humility. It's not like, oh, I'm nothing. I hate myself because that's also pride because now you're making it about you. Instead, you should just realize that you can't do anything without God, not even get to know him unless he invites you in by the power of his spirit. And so if you made it this far in the podcast and you don't know the Lord, the Lord is definitely inviting you in. So get in while you can. All you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on my soul, a sinner. Forgive me for all that I've done wrong and help me to get to know you. Wash me in your precious blood, Lord. Fill me up with the Holy Spirit so that I can be counted worthy to escape the things that are going to come on this world. All right, and they're going to be bad. 
Well, until next time, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord keep the fear of the Lord all on you. And may you know that as long as there's breath in your body, you can always cry out to the living God. But you need to cry out to the living God. There is a reason for you to cry out to the living God. And that is to escape the rightful punishment that is coming to you because of your sins. But if you repent, which means turn away and you get under the blood of Jesus and you begin to seek the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and all of your might, then the Lord will turn away from his fierce anger and he will bring you into his uh, fold and you'll be a sheep of the Lord. And then uh, you just keep serving him until he takes you home after he's fulfilled his purpose in you. So may the Lord do those things for you so that you can live. Why will you die? But amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your heart to God, chase from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous feet in the sky. Going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Love of so many cold. Losing their homes of gold. Listen, God's word is told. About when these signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, it will come very fast. Trumpets will sound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their dear Trumpets will sound. Trumpets